so good morning listeners and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Cummancy Inspirations production. And it's produced here at our Cummancy studio here in Erda. Uh, this time it's on the 21st of February. It's the first Sunday of Lent. My name is John Keeley and I'm going to present the programme this morning. Shane O'Brose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. Thanks a lot for didn't realise it, but I just had to think twice there when I thought this first Sunday in Lent. Wow, the year is ticking by. But anyway, we'll speak more about that later on. Thanks again for all those who are listening to us this morning. Wherever you're listening to us, uh, whether you're listening to us uh, here in Arda, in West Rimmick, or maybe further afield, you're welcome. Thanks indeed for joining us. Especially those people, and we always mention this and we mean this, that these people who are on their own. Uh, these people who might not have anybody to, to talk to these days might be afraid to talk to people. Um, you're welcome, and thanks again for joining us, and thanks again for all, all your good messages and for your prayers. Uh, we do try to, as best we can, ensure that we give you something that is inspiring and also joyful in the programme. This broadcast, uh, th- this programme is broadcast um, on West Limerick 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And of course, at this stage, people would be aware... The 10 a.m. session includes Mass coming, being broadcast from Abbeyfield Parish uh, in West Limerick. I mean, again, we uh, thanks to Father Tony Mullins and the parishioners of Abbeyfield for allowing us to join their Sunday Eucharist. The podcasts or replays or playbacks of this programme are just some of the Come and See Inspiration podcast, pod, podcasts that are available to be heard online. Really, the easiest way is just Google Come and See Inspirations. You'll get us there. It's comeandseeinspirations.buzzbed.com, but a long word maybe. Uh, Just Google Come and See Inspirations. Something that's been just started off recently is is also a a Facebook option, a a Facebook and Come and See Inspirations. The plan is to put up um, the current Sunday program, each Sunday, each weekend, and midweek, something from the archives. And this particular week, uh, chosen something that goes back to the 11th of February, actually 2018, when Father Luke McNamara joined us from Glenstor, and he shared with us a reflection on journeying through Lent. So, th- so that's on our Facebook uh, page, Come and See Inspirations. As usual, um, part one of the programme, the part we're on now at the moment, in- includes um, Saints for the Week. Shane's going to share it with us in a few moments. And as well as that, also any notices that might come to our attention. And again, if people do want us to announce um, any notices that people might be interested in from a faith point of view, uh, maybe give us a text. And that's on 87 That's 87 6088667 or email comeandseeinspirations at gmail.com that's 87 or email comeandseeinspirations at gmail.com part two of the programme actually this week is uh, people might just just alert people we do have again um, a, a guest joining us from, from Trocra Colm Hogan Colm joins us most years and Colm is going to uh, Inspire us, really, with what Troker are planning to do this year. Listening to that one, well worth um, listening to. If you can, just 
pull out the chokra pack that you might have already collected from your from your parish church uh, because Colin will be going through that um, um, bit by bit. But in the meantime, we'll hand over to Shane now, who will share some Saints for the Week with us. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. And as you said, so it's hard to believe we're into the first week of Lent this week. Um, because, of course, it was kind of all this time last year that the whole thing kicked off during Lent uh, for COVID and uh, when the first restrictions started. So 12 months down the line, God knows where we're at. So for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week one, obviously enough, for the first week of Lent. Now, as we said last week, during Lent, the saints kind of take a back seat ever so slightly. Um, so uh, usually we have what are called memorials of saints, um, but during Lent they are downgraded to what are called commemorations. Now, for most people that won't make a whole pile of difference, but just to observe it. Um, so Monday, the 22nd of February, is the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter. It's an interesting one. It's a feast which actually comes to us from the east. It comes from Antioch, where Peter was the first, by, by tradition, Peter was the first bishop of Antioch as well, as well as being the bishop of Rome, for he moved that he was there because that's the site of, of his crucifixion. And it celebrates Peter as the bishop of Rome and the focus of unity in the community of one faith. So it, it's the idea of the chair being the place of teaching, uh, like a bishop has his cathedral in the cathedral. And it's the symbol of a teaching and a guiding authority more than anything else. So obviously on Monday in particular, we will pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit on Pope Francis. Tuesday, the 23rd of February would be the feast day of St. Polycarp. He's a bishop of Izmir in Turkey, born around the year 69. And he is known as being one of the apostles of St. John the Apostle. And so his disciple, sorry, of John the Apostle. And he was martyred around 155 AD. Uh, the Wednesday, the 24th, is uh, we're going this time to uh, Italy. And it's Blessed Josef Meyer Neuser. Now, he is from an Italian rural family. And he was born in 1910 in Bolzano in Italy. Now, the interesting thing about it, he's very much involved with the Diocese of Trent and Catholic action before the, first, before the Second World War. Uh, he married in 1942, and their son was born in 1943. Now, he was drafted into the German army in World War II, and he was assigned to an SS unit in 1944, and he was sent to Prussia for training. And then on the 4th of October 1944, he announced that his fate prevented him from taking the oath of loyalty and obedience to Hitler, or of cooperating with the anti-Christian Nazi ideology. He was imprisoned for his belief and sentenced and executed uh, to be executed in Dachau concentration camp in February 1945, and he died while en route, and he is regarded as a martyr for the faith. Thursday, the 25th of February, is the feast day of St. Justice, Justice the Martyr, as opposed to Justin the Martyr. And Justice is one of the early third century Christian martyrs in North Africa, who died in the persecutions of Decius, one of those um, interesting Roman emperors who ruled from 249 to 251. So uh, then on the 26th of February, it's next Friday, we have the feast day of St. Alexander of Alexandria. Now, if that's not confusing, bear with me, right? 
So he was the Bishop of Alexandria. Alexandria, of course, is in Egypt, and he was a Bishop of Alexandria in 313 AD. Now, the reason this guy is known and remembered all the centuries later is he was the man that executed Arius when he preached in the area around Alexandria. And Alexandria was one of the key uh, cities in the ancient world, particularly for the early Christian world. It ranked up there beside Rome, uh, so its bishop was as is seen as the successor to St. Mark. Uh, so it was an extremely important see or bishopric. And um, it was where the whole the whole thing against Arianism kicked off around that time. He was a key figure in the Council of Nicaea, and he's also regarded as a doctor of the church. So uh, that's Alexander of Alexandria. And then finally, on Saturday, the 27th, we have one of the newer saints on the calendar. Uh, it is a guy called Gregory of Narek. And it's an interesting one. He is actually a saint of what is the Armenian Church. Um, he was proclaimed a doctor of the Universal Church, and uh, it, it could be poliently canonized by Francis, Pope Francis in 2015. What basically that means is they didn't go through the formal canonization process, but Pope Francis accepted the fact that he was regarded as a saint by the Armenian church and put him on the general calendar. Very much associated with music and essays, hymns, letters, poems, and many of his prayers are included in the divine liturgy, which is celebrated each Sunday in the Armenian church around the world. And he's one of the greatest figures of medieval Armenian religious thought and literature. So that's St. Gregory of Narek, and just an interesting guy to round out this week's saints. So, John, in terms of notices for this week, I just want to give people a reminder. Um, so we had, we've been kind of telling people about a couple for the last couple of weeks. So this week, I'm just going to remind people about the Living Christian Faith series, uh, which is happening at NOP. And it's starting on the, it's the Thursdays of Lent. 8.30 p.m. And, and it's available on the Knock Shrine website. So you can click in. It's been chaired by our friend Eamon Conway, before the Eamon Conway. Different talks, looking at different things, faith in the family, faith in religious life, faith in the community, that kind of thing. Uh, Nuno alone will talk one week, Senator Ron Mullen will talk the next. They, it's been streamed on Thursday nights at 8.30 p.m. I'm not sure if they're recording it. I need to check that. And we we'll let people know next week in case they haven't been able to see it. Shane, thank you, thank you so much for that. I just want to add to that to the to to that with another notice. This time from the Redemptive Church in Limerick, they they continue to have their Lenten novena each Wednesday night at eight p.m. So Father Seamus just asked me to mention that. Uh, and of course, that can be accessed at novena.ie. So that's 8 p.m. Redemptive Church in Limerick for Novena to uh, Novena for Lent. Now, just before we go for our spiritual communion prayer, we'd, we would ask you here on the programme to remember in your prayers one of our guests who was on with us just recently, uh, Martin and Pat Sheehan. Um, unfortunately, Pat was taken to hospital there all of a sudden there uh, just about a week ago. Uh, I'm not too sure how he is at the moment, but I know that he would need our prayers. So please remember in your prayers somebody who is very close to the program here and has, gives us a lot of inspiration. 
So at this stage now we'll go for our spiritual communion prayer. And this is because, of course, we can't receive Jesus sacramentally. But we do want to welcome Jesus into our heart as best we can. So we can do that spiritually. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally. Come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we go for our first bit of music this morning. This one, I wasn't too sure what to do in regard to start of Lent and so on and so forth. So I picked one by John Michael Tarleton. And this one is entitled, I Abandon Myself. So let's say this. Come back and join us in part two, where Colm Hogan will share with us all about the Lenten campaign for Trogra. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space 102 FM. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose on the other end of the Skype line. And it's a delight for us to welcome again uh, onto our, our Skype call here on Sacred Space, um, Callum Hogan from Trocra, who's joining us again this year to share some thoughts and keep us focused on helping Trocra's work in the world today. How are you, Callum? Thanks for joining us. 
Good morning, John, and thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it's great to be uh, back with you and um, just to uh, talk to your listeners again about about the work of Troker and about our Linting campaign as well. So thank you for the opportunity and welcome again. It's a pleasure for us to have you on because, as, as we often say here, you're doing the work on our behalf, really. Uh, we can do maybe, to a certain extent, the easy bit give you the money. Somehow you've got to be able to distribute that amongst those who are needed. But maybe first off, Colin, can you remind our listeners today who Troker are and what, what work do they do? I can indeed, John. Well, just to let your listeners know that Troker was established in 1973 as the Overseas Development Agency of the Catholic Church in Ireland. So it was founded by the bishops of that time and the organization was created as a response to the widening gap between rich and poor and and our own collective duty then to reduce that. So I, I think it says in the founding document, John, that it's outlined that these duties are no longer a matter of charity, but of simple justice. So justice is core to our work. And Troker is rooted in the principles of the Catholic social teaching. And that teaching is based on the belief that God has a plan for creation and a plan to build his kingdom of peace, love, and justice. So, uh, in other words, the bishops have given us the mandate for our work to go and to go and um, I suppose bring peace to many of the places where we are to work for peace, and also to alleviate poverty in many of the developing countries where we work. Thank you very much indeed for doing all, all that work for, uh, on our behalf, as I said earlier. This year is of Awit and Ajak, I might have pronounced that incorrectly, but Colin will, will, will rectify that soon, from South, from South Sudan. A letter from Father James Ayet in South Sudan and the 2021 calendar. So we want to hear about those, all, all of those, but maybe, Colin, just to start off with, the story of Awit and Ajak, is that? My correct pronunciation? This is the John, like Abwood and Ajak are um, two very brave women um, and they're survivors. And they have survived a war and each day remains a battle, a battle to earn money, a battle to grow food, a battle to pay for their children's school, a battle to survive and thrive. And many of you listeners uh, uh, may know that South Sudan is actually the world's newest country, gained independence from Sudan in 2011 after many years of conflict. However, sadly, um, people's hopes were dashed again in December 2013 when a civil war broke out between rival political factions. And I suppose a lot, a, the conflict has affected many families living there. And two of those families are the families of Abut and Ajak. And so their lives have been torn by, apart by a conflict that they never wanted. And this perhaps is the injustice of war. And it's not just that they lost their homes. It's not just that they struggle each day to survive. They are supporting each other, but they're living in fear and it is not just. So just to very briefly tell you their story, both of them fleed brutal armed conflict in South Sudan. And Abut gathered her beloved family and they ran for their lives. And days passed without food or water. And by the time they reached safety, they had lost nearly everything. But 
they reached a community in Malak, which is in the province of Ural in South Sudan. And those people in that community give them a great welcome and helped them and helped them with food and the basic necessities of life. And shortly, sometime later, then a woman called Ajak, who is also on our troker box this year, she arrived with her family. And I would saw this opportunity as her opportunity to pay back some of the generosity that she herself received. So together, the two mothers have forged a friendship and they work tirelessly to make sure their families are not lost completely. However, they still struggle with poverty and they're still struggling with COVID. COVID lingers there as well. And the awful violence continues. So both women and their families are living in fear and it's not just. So we're through our program work and our program work involves peace building as well as reaching out to families with basic necessities. Trokra work with Kafod John in South Sudan. So Kafod are our sister agency from England. So what we have done is that we have combined our efforts together. So we have a Trokra Kafod office in South Sudan and both organizations are working tirelessly to help communities and to help families like Awuts and Ad. And on, on a little handout or, or sorry, a large sheet, um, your Troca 2001 uh, Troca Box Lenting Campaign Guide. And just on the bottom of that, there's a little message there from two young lads. Can you share that? Um, uh, I will indeed, uh, John. That message is, uh, Nayabak, is, she's only five years of age, but already she knows that since COVID started, she hasn't been able to go to school with her friends. And she also knows that through the work we do with our local partner organizations who are working locally on the ground with these communities, that the world will move on from COVID. But without help now, impoverished places like where she lives, um, Nybeck will suffer. So this is why we appeal to people in Ireland and people in parishes throughout the country to support us in our work. And then Malong is uh, one of Ajax's children and Malok, Malong is 14 years of age. And we find that a lot of the children we meet in the countries where we work that they're wiser beyond their years. So he sends a simple message to the people of Ireland. He says, I greet you all. Please pass my regards to the people of Ireland. Ask them to look into my plea. We struggle a lot here. With food and aid, young people like Malong can attend school and build a brighter future and a better world for themselves. So it's listening to those thoughts from young people like Malong and Nybeck that a lot of our work will bear benefits into the future, John. And I couldn't help but just think there, Colm, we all know little girls of five years of age and boys of 14 years of age, and they have the same thoughts as those two young children. Also on this guide, um, Colm, you give us an idea of the sort of gifts we can get um, or buy or, or, or help to buy for various donations. So, for instance, for 10 euros going up to maybe 2,500. Can you give just, just give us a few uh, options there that people might have? I, I will indeed. I, I'll give you three or four of those options. Like, say for 10 euro, John, that can feed hungry families like Ajak and Awuts. 
and also because we empowered them, we helped them to buy seeds and and two farm holes. So like they, they become self-sufficient then as well by working on their farm. 25 euro, for example, can protect Malong and his brothers and sisters from disease by helping by helping them to uh, to to buy soap and health sanitation. And particularly in these COVID times when we are advocating for everyone to wash their hands. And then 170 euro, say, for example, can heal the wounds of war for women like Ajak and Awut by helping them fund a finance and counselling support group. So a lot of these women and their families have suffered trauma and uh, they need to get help from professional people. And these professional people, these counsellors, are people that Troker work with locally. And uh, it's only through this help that Awud and Ajak can help, can rebuild their lives. And as we would call maybe rebuild back to normality for themselves. So it's uh, so it's amazing what uh, maybe what we might regard as not an awful lot of money. It's amazing what that amount of money can go towards in places like where we are at the moment. And of course, the usual way that we um, that most of us is through the Trocra box. And we'll come to that now in a second. But there's also um, these uh, these days, there's also the option of um, maybe online, maybe making a, a monthly donation. Can you explain how that works briefly, please, Colin? I can. I can indeed, John. Um, so within the within the the envelope with the box, which people will receive, um, and we have the challenge of distri- distributing the boxes this year. But churches and parishes have cooperated with us in a big way by leaving the boxes in the churches and people can collect those boxes uh, within the safety guidelines, of course. But within within that envelope is a donation form. So people can make a once-off donation, but then they can also make a monthly donation. They, be, they can become a monthly supporter of Trocra. And that has huge benefits for our work because we know from say if someone decides to make a monthly donation, that our work can be sustained into the future. And it makes also, it makes planning far easier for us in with the, with the prospect that we can make project plans for the future because we know we're getting this uh, these donations in consistently every month. And also, John, for your listeners to be aware that um, if, if someone gives over 250 euro over over uh, a period of 12 months we can send out a form that can allow us to claim back an extra 44.9% back from from revenue so that's a great help as well so um we can claim money back and th- and that money then can go directly into our program work as well so that's given us an idea as to how we can help out uh, and of course early on you did explain to us about the focus on this year's campaign. All of these campaigns each year are there for people in need, real people, real families, including those two young fellows. Um, and, of course, we, we, you've, you've just told us there about the online uh, options, and then, of course, we've got our normal trucker box. Now, if we get to return that back to the church uh, as soon as possible at the end of Lent. But also involved in this pack column, there's also... 
a Lent calendar. Can you tell us about this and its purpose? This is on the guide. I can indeed, uh, John. Um, I The Lent calendar is all about having a different thought for each day. So for each day of Lent, we have a we have a thought for each day, which, and it's a good idea maybe for families that they they can cut this piece out with with a with a scissors and maybe place it on a fridge. I know I have my Lent calendar on my fridge, just as a reminder. Maybe when you're when you're opening your fridge door, all you have to do is look at, say for example, tomorrow for this for the 18th of February, it tells us about that young chap we were talking about, Malang. It says, 14-year-old Malong will split the firewood today for his mother, Ajak, to cook with. Um, say, for example, on the 19th of March, say, the Feast of St. Joseph, there's a thought to pray for fathers and granddads everywhere. And on the 26th of March, war hurts in ways we can't always see. And we say about the sum of money, 170 euro, can help counselling so South Sudan's people can heal. So there's a different thought for each day. And I always think that if we, especially in these pandemic times when we can be very closed in on ourselves because of how we're feeling and and how we're feeling maybe that we're losing out on different things through the pandemic, that we, we can think beyond ourselves and think maybe of people in South Sudan and maybe say a prayer for them or cast a thought, maybe saying, well, maybe my day isn't so bad if I was going through what people are going through in South Sudan. So it's a great thing to have on, on, on the door of your fridge or maybe on a mirror in the house that you look into each day or just to have a look at the thought for each day and, and say, wow, let's, let, let's do this today or let's do this as a family today or let's say a prayer today for the people in South Sudan. Well done. Now, there's also a letter from a priest uh, from the South Sudan Council of Churches. Can you share a little bit about I can letter? indeed, John. Um, the, the, this letter is from Father James. Now, Father James is uh, the General Secretary of the South Sudan Council of Churches, and I have referred to before about Troker working with local partners in the different countries where we are. So we're very privileged and fortunate that in South Sudan, one of our principal partners is actually the church in South Sudan. They have a they have a great presence in the country. And Father James is is one of our key people in that partner organization. So Father James has wrote this letter to all the priests in the country would have received this letter from from Father James as well. So he appeals for our help because of the trauma that people in South Sudan have gone through. So he appeals for our help through uh, not not just through um, donations, he also appeals to our prayer. Now, I have met Father James a few times, albeit virtually on Zoom, but I have interviewed him. I have seen him join meetings with bishops and with our church stakeholders. And he is nothing but an inspiring figure, John. He is a man of hope in spite of everything that he has gone through himself in South Sudan, and he has seen his parish community go through, he still has this amazing hope that prayer above all things will see South Sudan through, and that prayer will bring peace eventually. And he has written a prayer for peace, which we, which he advocates for everyone to say, 
in their homes during Lent. And I'll just say it here, John. Um, it says, as we move through the Lenten time, the time when we contemplate Jesus in the desert, pray for us, the people of South Sudan, and pray for peace here. Accompany us, hold our hands, and hold the hands of the church in South Sudan. Walk with us during this time, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And that prayer, John, is available on our in our parish resources, on our parish page, on troka.org. And his quote is also on the troker box, the top of the troker box, when he says, here are my hands, hold them. Please don't leave South Sudan alone. We need your prayers. We need your support. We need your love. So he's an inspiring man. And I think if we were to just listen to Father James, we would be uh, totally taken by the stories of Awud and Ajak from our Linton campaign this year. Well, I think you've certainly given us a good flavour yourself, uh, Callum, as usual. Uh, and and uh, I was just looking at a, at a letter, actually, just to finish up, uh, that comes from your CEO uh, of Trokra. And she said, This Lent, I invite you to please be a lifeline to Ajak and Awit. I just got caught by that, by that word, lifeline. And to their families who are suffering, I invite you to give what you can through your enclosed Trokra box to help them survive and thrive. Just those few words now that have just struck on me. Lifeline and survive. And you think just some of those really small tokens that we can give, it's nothing much really. I mean, I was just thinking that about 10 euros, you know, um, can help feed families by helping them buy seeds and, 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 and farm hoes and so on and so forth. This wouldn't be the cost of a bottle of wine a week, do you know? So it's nothing really for us who complain about sometimes the things that we want, whereas these poor people haven't got what they need. You're very good again, Colin, to come on and share the information, but just before you go, maybe a few more details I need to know in terms of, of the Trokra. Um, just remind us again about the Trokra um, website, and also, is there, a, is there a Trokra phone number there? There is indeed, John. Um, so, uh, our Trokra website is simply trokra.org, and and on, on that website, then, there, there are tremendous, excellent resources for parishes and for schools and for maybe parents to, to use at home as well during these times. And also, the donation uh, f- phone number is 1850-408-408. And I can't emphasize enough, John, our thankfulness to the people, say, of Limerick, the people of throughout our country, for funding our programs and helping our work to continue. Without that help, our work would not would not be able to continue. So we are immensely grateful for that generosity, as always. And we thank you for carrying out that work on our behalf, all of your people who are working abroad and indeed at home. So with that, we'll have to, we'll have to finish our chat for this year. Um, but before that, you have a piece of music I asked you to choose. You, you chose a piece of music and tell us what it is and, and why. I will indeed, John. Uh, it's a piece of music. It's called uh, Faith, Hope and Love. And um, when I, I lived in Ross Gray a number of years ago and I was part of the Ross Gray folk group and it was one of the the hymns, songs, that folk songs that, that we learned whilst, whilst I was there. And I was always um, touched by those three words, faith, hope and love. And since I've come to work with Trokra, we have we have our as our mantra until love conquers fear and the fact that the words of the song is faith hope and love and the greatest of these is love i think it says everything about our work in troker that 
we will stay with people and with communities until that love conquers fear and until they're able to live outside of our health. But the big message is that we persevere with them until love conquers fear. And so just before we finish, the idea is please collect your trucker pack from the church porches. Uh, and all of what we've just spoken about is available there, both on the guide and, and the box. And also there's that lovely idea of the calendar. Colm, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Please, God, uh, take care. And we'll speak to you again sometime. Thank you very much, John. God, God bless all your work. Bye bye now. So welcome back again to the third part of Second Space, 102FM. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane. And again, thanks again to Colm Hogan for sharing that information for us on Troker this week. And again, we just ask people again, please collect your pack, your Troker pack, from the church porch in your local churches. That will really give you all the information that we just heard really from Colm. So before we read and reflect on the Word of God, Shane always prays this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets, may we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your Word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, the first Sunday in Lent, is taken from the Gospel of Mark. The Mark chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. 
The Spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness, and he remained there for forty days, and was tempted by Satan. He was with the wild beasts, and the angels looked after him. (coughs) After John had been arrested, Jesus went into Galilee. There he proclaimed the good news from God. The time has come, he said, and the kingdom of God is close at hand. Repent and believe the good news. That's the gospel for today, the first Sunday in Lent uh, from from Mark. Shane, a few thoughts you might share with us, please? Yeah, um, I think I've said it before, John, when we were talking about the gospels, that for the next couple of months, they're going to be challenging because there are only a couple of lines for each week from the gospel of Mark. But there's a lot in it as well, I suppose. Now, one thing just to say to people, when you are reflecting on the gospel this week, and it was actually a point that Father Frank made to us from the Lexio Divina group in Newcastle West, and that is... Mark's gospel doesn't talk about the temptations of Christ. He just says the spirit drove Jesus into the desert and he remained there for 40 days and was put to the test by Satan. So it's an interesting thing there because it's the spirit. That's the first thing that jumps out is the spirit and that whole idea of the spirit. Because in Mark's gospel, of course, the spirit has come down to Jesus after the baptism and it drives him out into the desert. And he remained there for 40 days. Now, 40 days is a symbolic number. We don't actually know how long Jesus spent in the desert. But by tradition, you know, with the gospel accounts, it's 40 days. But 40 was a number of significance, you know, the the, 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 the Israelites for 40 years in the desert uh, and so on and so forth. So it's, it's a number of spiritual significance in the context of Scripture. And it signifies a long period of time. And the interesting thing was he was put to the test by Satan. And, you know, I suppose it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about, but that challenge is still there for each of us in terms of the trials and tribulations that we have in our daily lives. That, And it's something which Pope Francis refers to fairly often as well in his talks and discourses is the tests that are put before us, but also where we are discerning how the Spirit is calling us. So that Spirit that drove Jesus into the desert is also the Spirit that will protect us. Um, and the angels looked after him, as the Gospel says this week. After John had been arrested, Jesus went into Galilee. So again, we're setting the scene for his public ministry in the next couple of weeks, because, of course, the Galilean ministry is a key part of the Gospel of Mark. And he proclaims the Gospel, saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is close at hand. Repent and believe the Gospel. So there's a couple of words there. It's like the time is at hand. You know, the time is always at hand for each and every one of us. Repent. We're called throughout the season of Advent, Lent to repent. I'll come back to that in a second. And believe the gospel. Believe the good news. Now, just to unpack a couple of those things there, John, a couple of thoughts that strike me in relation to it. One is that whole thing of repentance. And sometimes, I suppose, we Lent is seen very much as a penitential season. It's kind of a season of mortification, a season of doing without, of deprivation. And yes, that is part of it, because what we're doing is we are echoing the time that Jesus spent in the desert. And it's it's a time that we're called to reassess and see how things are going. Now, of course, the problem at the minute for us is we've been in an extended Lent pretty much for the last 12 months. So trying to find the energy uh, to enter into Lent, I think, this year is probably difficult. I know it's probably difficult for, difficult for me. I'm fairly sure it's probably difficult for you guys as well. And, of course, it links back into this whole thing of prayer, fasting, and abstinence. And how we are – sorry, fair, f- prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. I beg your pardon. 
and how that is what we're called to do during the Linton season. But one thing that struck me during the week, I came across a lovely piece online. It was on a blog called Pray Tell. And it's a, it's a blog for liturgical nerds like myself. They, they talk all about manner, manner and things to do with liturgy. But they were talking about the words of the imposition of ashes on Ash Wednesday. Now, for many of us, that didn't happen this year because obviously there was no public liturgies. But um, the wording that's often used is, you know, remember thou were dust and unto dust you shall return. And the point was made that, yes, we are dust, and unto dust we shall return, because that's what God has made us out of. If you, if we go back to the scripture and we go back to the, the mythos, the story of Genesis, it is God has created humanity out of the very soil of the earth, and that's to which we return. But there's a reminder to us, too, we're not just dust, we are stardust, because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And it's something that we need to remember and reflect on. And as you kind of think about this season of Lent, I suppose the reminder to us too is that it's supposed to be, some of the saints, they refer to it as the joyous season of Lent. Now, it's kind of hard for us to get our heads around that, a joyous season, because it's a season of opportunity. It's a season, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere, it's a season of the spring. It's a season where there's new beginnings. And that's what Lent is about. It's supposed to be about new beginnings. And in terms of, I suppose, the opportunity that's presented to us with the current situation with lockdown and all the rest of it, I suppose there's a way of we can we can look at it as a sense of deprivation. We can look at it from the point of view of curtailment and, and very negative. But there's also the point of view, come at the spring, the opportunity is there for us to look to the positive. And the fact that this year we are so restricted, well, maybe each of us are called to discern, well, what does that tell us in this Linton time? Are we called, is the spirit driving us like Jesus into the desert? Now, I'm not going so far as to say, you know, pandemic and all the rest of it is God's action against humanity. Nobody's saying that. But what I'm saying is, you know, we look for how the spirit is talking to us in the signs of the times that we live in. And you could say, for example, that perhaps the silver lining on this COVID cloud is an opportunity for us to actually really delve into Lent this year. And I think, we, you know, Martina discussed, or Martina Lahan, she mentioned it in last week's program as well, is to see that opportunity that's there before us. And I suppose one way, one way is that, you know, Lent very much is seen tied up with public liturgies and people go to mass and so on and so forth. But maybe this year we might shift our focus. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. You know, um, prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. It's the conversation heart to heart. And so maybe the fact that we aren't rushing around like headless chickens gives us that opportunity this Lent to maybe delve into Lent a bit, into the prayer a bit more. In terms of fasting, now fasting is always a difficult one. Now it always, I'm, I'm laughing at the moment because there's huge things about fasting, about food and diets and how some people have, you know, this whole 5-2 thing where you eat for five days, you fast for two days or you go without meat and all the rest of it. And part of me is laughing because I'm thinking to myself, 
we've had this for 2,000 years in the Christian tradition. In the gospel that we've had this morning, we've read about it, we've heard about it, how Jesus went into the desert and was probably fasting. And, you know, so it's not something new. It's not something original. It's something that's there, very, in, you know, endemic in our Christian culture in which we should almost embrace again. If you look at it in the Irish language, Cadian and Dehina. Dehina is Friday. It's the day of the fast. Cadian is the day of the first fast. So even in the days of the week, the recognition was there that perhaps we should, you know, curtail things. And they're all, they're promoting at the moment that it's better for us physically, it's better for us mentally, it's better for the environment, for us to examine what way we're doing without. But also, I suppose, the other side of it is to ask ourselves the question, when we give something up, you know, it's also the responsibility we have to others. And that feeds into the, into the almsgiving. You can give things up or you can take something on that is of benefit to others. You know, so maybe you might decide to actually go out and do a bit of a walk or whatever the case might be. And that could be your fasting, you know, if you're taking up something like that because you are fasting of your time. It's ways that we interpret that and how we interact with that and how we respond to that. Uh, In terms of the almsgiving, we've just had uh, Colm on from Trocra. So obviously there's a great push to support Trocra. But almsgiving as well, always remember the you know the left shouldn't know what the right hand the left hand should know what the right hand is doing in that regard so we're encouraged you know where you are within your means as far as you can because one of the challenges we're going to have as a community and a society when things do reopen again is there are people that will have been okay during covid you know and then there are people that will have definitely suffered uh, physically, emotionally, psychologically, financially. And there's going to be that huge divide that's going to be there ahead of us. So we should be prepared for that. But if you can, you know, Troker is there, the Vincent de Paul, some of the charities helping with the homeless people like Focus Ireland. If you can, of your generosity, consider giving. And remember, the reminder to us is we shouldn't give of from our excess. We should give a bit extra that we feel it you know that's the encouragement that's there that we can feel it but obviously of course it's all within our own means because many people of course are suffering at this time the spirit drove jesus out into the desert the spirit drives us into the desert of lent and we are called to embrace the opportunity for this joyous season reminding ourselves that it is ultimately a journey towards easter getting through the harshness of East of Holy Week, but ultimately facing an empty tomb on Easter morn. Shane, thank you very much indeed for that. Just my own little thought there on the Gospel for this week, for the first Sunday in, in Lent. As I begin the season of Lent, the Gospel reminded me, that, as Father Frank reminded us, Jesus was tempted by Satan to go out into the wilderness well, if Jesus was being tempted, surely there's no reason why I can't be tempted. And the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. Again, if the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness, then I could be driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. So during this Lent, I'm asked to reflect more and more on my relationship with the Lord, without distractions, in a kind of a wilderness, allowing the Spirit to show me my weaknesses and living a Christ-like life. Satan will tempt me. Oh, yeah. He'll tell me, yeah, look, you're fine. You don't need to improve. The way you're living your life is fine. But I need the Spirit and the angels of God to support me and encourage me to continue my journey in the season event. 
So my journey is to listen to Jesus as he tells me, turn away from sin and believe in the good news. So far, so, so for me, it will be one day at a time. Won't be able to conquer it all, but at least try and have those angels and the Spirit of the Lord there with me at all times. So that about brings us to the end of our program for today, for the first Sunday in Lent. Thanks again, Shane, for, for sharing the program with me. And again, a, a thanks again to Colm from Trokra. Don't forget to collect your Trokra resource packs from your parish church. It's very important. So now we'll go out with our final piece of music. This one is by um, Ronan and... Excuse me. So this one is by Ronan and Joanne Johnson, and this one is entitled Father I Believe. So to next week for myself and Shane. Thanks a lot for joining us. And I believe next week, Shane, we have... Do we have Bishop Brendan with us next week? Yeah, so before Christmas, Bishop Brendan was on to give us his Christmas reflection, so we invited him back on the programme. So we're going to have a catch-up with him next week just to see what things are, what the state of the lie, what the lie of the land is in terms of the diocese, uh, things maybe that the, bish- the bishops are working on nationally, and also just... Uh, just to touch base on just a couple of things in terms of where we're going as a diocese, as a faith community in Limerick. So that's next week, so join us again for that. Thanks again for joining us this morning, today. Uh, Enjoy the week, and we'll talk to you again next week. God bless now. Bye. It's
Sacred Space.